0: We got Dr. Braxton Hunter, pretty talented and well-known apologist, shared the stage with the William Lane Craig's to the Mike Lacona's to all those guys. Jonathan Pritchett, Dr. Pritchett is here and he is a New Testament guy and does a lot of stuff, a lot of podcasts, a lot of debates, so on and so forth. So, is the guy on the left Jerry Lewis and uh, Braxton's trying to be Dean Martin here? <laughs> the straight guy and the funny guy? They gave us nothing but tradition and no argument. All they did was get on this stage, yell real loud, and set a straw man on fire.
1: Okay, now, this, it, I, I, I was not impressed. The hell, Jonathan Pritchett. This Jonathan Pritchett. and Jonathan Pritchett. Jonathan Pritchett. Respectfully, that sounds like a little bit of a dodge. I'm claiming victory. So where I come from, extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence.
0: Greetings and welcome to another edition of Trinity Radio. I'm Jonathan Pritchett and along with me is... Braxton Hunter. And today we are going to talk about healthy relationships among Christian couples and why Christians do it better. Stick with us.
1: This is the first
0: word. Discounted chocolate. I love chocolate, but even more importantly, my wife loves chocolate. And one of my favorite things about Valentine's Day is that after Valentine's Day all the chocolate goes. 50% off or better. So I don't actually buy my wife chocolate for Valentine's Day, usually. Uh, I might get her a Toberlone bar, which they never go on sale for whatever reason. But all the other chocolate? Let me tell you something. After Christmas, I bought a ton of M&M candy canes that were 25 cents a piece. I didn't buy them before Christmas, I bought them after Christmas, right? And now that Valentine's Day here, I'm not stocking up on chocolate for Valentine's Day. I'm going to wait till after Valentine's Day. And then I'm going to stock up on chocolate because it's going to be cheap. And that's good news.
1: And now, today's topic. And welcome back to The Main Show. We're glad that you're here with us. And um, today we are talking about marriage and human sexuality. Yes, Perfect. Two of your favorite subjects, I imagine.
0: Yeah, and perfect timing for
1: Valentine's Day this <clears throat> week. So, And everyone settle down because it's fine. Yeah. And it won't be out by Valentine's Day, but a great gift for your loved one in the near future is the third installment of the Chronicles of the Adonai. Yeah. Can't really get it in there good. It's in there. Chronicles of the Adonai uh, fiction series. Includes apologetics and uh, fiction. And your cover won't be bent when it arrives, hopefully. That's right. This one has on not for resale. Yeah. Um, that's, that's biz language. So you've completed the trilogy. you can't sell it. Completed the trilogy. Yes. Yep. I've still only
0: read the first one. I think there
1: are people who are waiting for the trilogy to be done before they start, and then there's people waiting on audiobooks, so we'll see if that happens. Okay. But, but yeah, wait. Didn't you say that was already going to
0: happen, and that you were going to? I'm know?
1: not. I, if I say that it's definitely going to happen, they won't buy the book. So, oh. so I'm, I'm just going to leave okay. it with. Yeah. Uh, it might happen. It might not. Uh, but yeah. So here we are today. Um, it's been a while since we've been in here, Jonathan, and and sitting yeah. here together doing a show. Um, not to include too much useless banter here, but there's been a lot going on here lately. Uh, I do want to. I do want to say though that after watching a
0: video here recently of some other. Uh, YouTubers that are, you know, have co-hosts and multiple hosts in the show, mm-hmm. they're as bad or worse than we are. So oh, we're, yeah. we're fine. And so to all of our uh, followers and fans right. and, and patrons and those who say that they, that they like it, thank you. Yeah. But anyway, let's go ahead and get into this. We're talking about uh, an article that came out from, was it the Catholic Herald? Oh, I guess I
1: should bring the article up. Yeah. Huh.
0: It was, a front, But it was based on a study And, and of course, Protestants don't freak out that we're reading
1: something from the Catholic Herald. They're just reporting on a study, man. Yeah. Uh, The Catholic Herald, if you want to be happy for the rest of your life, study finds women of faith more satisfied in marriage. Mm. So uh, here's an example. A new study examining the correlation between religion and marital happiness found that women who are part of a highly religious traditional couple are most likely to report being happy in marriage as well as sexually satisfied in their relationship. Now, listen, everybody Amen. settle down because we're adults here. There's mm-hmm. a little button that I have to click on the video that says it's not for kids. That doesn't mean it's 18 and up, but it means it's not for kids. So we at the Grown Ups Table should be able to talk about the fact that... Christians s- do it better. Christians, I mean, uh, well, on what? the basis of this, religious people. But yeah, yeah. committed, traditional religious people, uh, the women anyway, seem yeah. to be more satisfied in that area yes. of their relationships. How about that? you know what I mean <clears throat> and uh, and and we're both uh, okay, you know what? there's a long lost Trinity radio episode, yes. You they know what I'm talking released. about? Yeah. yeah, on marriage. Yeah. When we first back in 2017 started up on the YouTube thing, we we did an episode on marriage. We were like, that was the most boring episode we've ever done. Right. And so that that doesn't reflect on the marriage. That's just what happened that day. Yeah. And so we ditched it. We deleted it. It's not even yeah. anywhere where I could get to it. And so let's just let's just take a minute and not don't like don't don't write a novel here, but let's talk a little bit about. The fact that we are both members of Happy Marriages, and both of us married in our early 20s.
0: Yes, and both of us married Arkansas uh, gals from Spring Northwest Arkansas gals. Uh, And and I, I can't speak for everybody... Um, but I can speak for the two of us that so we've done rather well with girls from Northwest Arkansas. So, yeah, they seem
1: uh, happy you in know, their marriage. If, if you're
0: looking, uh, Northwest Arkansas is a good place to go uh, find Talk you. Talk with alone. women, right? Because uh, well, Christian I, ones. Yeah, I, I'm probably the happiest married guy I know. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you might say the same thing. Yeah, you should say that.
1: It's right. like I should say my kids are the best. Right. Right.
0: Well, yeah, but mine are. And my
1: favorite rock band is the best, and all that yeah,
0: kind of yeah, stuff. Right. Yeah. But um, no, I. I <clears throat> I married up um, because some people know me as you know, vice president of academic affairs at one of the largest seminaries in the world, right? Um, but when I got married, like you said, I was married in my early twenties. I'm I'm, I'm you were I married nobody then, right? Um, uh, I was a barber, that's somebody, but not much. <laughs>
1: but, you were somebody to about five dudes on a Saturday. Right, you know, <laughs>
0: the old men at my barber shop that wanted to play checkers and stuff, yeah. you, you know. Uh, you know, but I married up. I, I married kind of a an executive-type woman who was in a, uh, you know, she had a good career going. You're she a kept did, man. She, yeah, in, in accounting and stuff. Um, and, of course, she's actually re- basically retired now, but... Um, Yeah, uh, I was nobody when I got married, but I've seen marriages dissolve and and new marriages start um, in the time period that I've been married. So when I tell people that I'm going on 20 years, um, for my grandparents, that was like nothing. But for people in our age group, that's like a world
1: record, yeah. you know, or, or, and even
0: people... People older. say, how do you guys
1: yeah. do it? And it's a real simple answer. Yeah. Don't get a divorce. Right. That's how you do it. <laughs> exactly. But my, my wife and
0: I, we've been able to, you know, we've been through different life changes, mm-hmm. you know, uh, drastic ones. The biggest life change probably was coming to Indiana to mm-hmm. work, you know, and she worked for you for a while. She worked here at Trinity as well. And... You know, you just kind of grow together, and you and you go with the swings, and yeah, you just, just stick with it. Uh, in twenty years, has there been some bad years in there? Um, no, I can't say that there's been like a whole bad year, but there has been some moments of bad, bad month, maybe uh, bad months, yeah, uh, here okay. and there. But over, but you know what, they pass, mm-hmm. a- and and so. She's my best friend. I can't imagine a world without her in my life at all. Mm-hmm. Like I can imagine my world going on even if something happened to you as dear mm-hmm. as you are to me, but mm-hmm. um I, I'd hate for that, you know.
1: Well, I literally but, I literally can't imagine it because yeah. I've been married since I was 20 years old. Right. And you've been married since your early 20s. 23, so yeah. I I've like this year I think pretty well, I've been with Sarah longer than I was without Sarah before. Right. So it's like it's like um, you were. You I were literally there longer than re-
0: you were even at home with your folks.
1: Right. right? That's right. That's your yeah. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, I get it. And when you have a long-lasting marriage, it's like it's like lover, best friend, it's everything. Yeah, and, and you know? I'll
1: give you some—since since the study, and we're going to come back to the study, but since the study yeah. bears out that you should listen to people like me and Jonathan who are highly religious and have happy marriages, let me impart to you some wisdom. And this passed the wife check. I said this the other day. This is how I've thought about things for a long time. But I said this the other day to my wife, and she said— you need to write a book about that or you need to tell someone that because that is simple and that is amazing. That would revolutionize. So here's the advice. Now, this doesn't work if you're in a physically abusive relationship or something like that. But um, the way I think about my marriage, and it's easy for me because like we said, I've been married since I was 20. The way I think about my marriage is I think, okay, I didn't get to choose who my parents are and they're my parents. Mm -hmm. And I'm not getting out of that. Not that I want to. And of course not. I love my parents. But Either way, you know, even if I wasn't that wild about my parents, th- those are your parents. You got Deal great with it, parents, right? Though. I know I've got I won the lottery with my parents, right. but or like my brother, like like that's my brother. Well, uh, what if I don't like him anymore? What if I'm bored with the relationship? Well, tough. That's your brother. You know yeah, that's, right. that's you're stuck with him. And in a similar way, and you th- and people already think that way about their kids, or so they feel bad. Like, yeah. even if they... And, and and some of you know what I'm talking about. Like, you, you love your kids, blah, blah, blah. We know all that's true. But sometimes you're like, just go away and be qua- just shut up, you know? <laughs> yeah, but all my kids are awesome. I, you know... I'll quit it. No, so, seriously. You I'm, never thought about your kids. I wish that they would just get out of this room right now and be quiet.
0: Of course. Okay, they, they, yeah. I mean, they're not awesome. Well, you know? sure. My
1: kids are awesome, too. Yeah. But the point is, we already think this way about all the other people in our lives who are related to is I I... That I'm just you're not that's my who, kid, and I think about that when you're in my office or I'm in your office. Yeah, but I you are know thinking
0: about is he going to leave my office? I know you think about it. <laughs> no. you, you've actually asked well, me if I'm like, editing videos, get or something. out of my office already. But I, I understand.
1: Anyway, go ahead. The point I'm trying to make is you should think that way about your spouse. Yeah. Uh, again, unless there's something catastrophic going on, that you know, obviously that's you know, let's be reasonable, but yeah. you should think, no, this is my wife. I'm, this is who I'm married to. And I've been married since I was 20, so it's easy for me to think that way. But no, no, no. What do you mean get a divorce? What do you mean you just walk away? What do you, No, this is your wife. Just like that's yeah. your brother and that's your parents. This is your family. Yeah. That Deal with it, you and, know, and, same, and make it better.
0: Yeah, and the same thing with women th- with respect to their husbands sure, as well. Sure, absolutely. And like you said, we're excluding, like, horrendous abuse and affairs and all that stuff. But, I mean, you know, just it – but – just in those marriages where uh, you see those people that say, "Well, I'm just not happy anymore." Yeah. Well, you know whose problem that is. It might be your spouse, but it could just be you too. Yeah. You know, but you know what? Tough. That's that's your mother, sister, brother. You know, you're you're connected. <clears throat> you're, you know, that even in the ancient world to bring this thinking yes, biblically please. you know, I mean, even when, when you think about kinship in the ancient world about what your family is. You know, there's also fictive kinship, where it's it's not blood relations, but mm-hmm. it's it's as... Mm-hmm. And, and for some relationships, kinship... Uh, fict- stronger. Yeah, the fictive kinship is actually even stronger, especially if there's a covenant involved, like in marriage. So uh, the way I think of it is the idea that you can't have new parents, you know, unless you're adopted or, or given away with your mm-hmm. parents. But just like under normal circumstances, you can't have a mom and dad who's not your mom and dad. You can't have a mm-hmm. brother and sister. It should be even more so with your spouse. Mm-hmm. You know that's because you ch- you voluntarily got that's right situation. Yeah, you yeah. chose it. You know now deal with it. So I mean I think I think part of the problem is for some people. You know I don't I don't know what it means to get married too soon. Um, yep, my me my either. my yeah. I mean I got married. I was. I wish uh, I'd have
1: gotten married earlier.
0: Yeah, Misty and I were dating at 22, married at, by 23. Mm-hmm. But, uh, um, but we met in high school. Mm-hmm. But her she her her grandmother and. And grandfather, they uh, started dating, were engaged, and married within three days. Hmm. And you wow. know what? And they were married up until he passed away. Happily? And, oh, yeah.
1: Great. Well, and this goes along yeah. with my theory. And so I don't
0: understand the too soon or, or too late, but what, but what they did have, other than a, a very religious household, in, in that case particularly a Christian household, mm-hmm. is not just a commitment uh, to one another, but the commitment to one another under God kind of... So, but by all accounts, it was a
1: fantastic marriage, you know, so. Um, and that plays into a theory yeah. that I've got, which is, and, no, and there's a lot of people on both sides that will not agree with me on this, but I believe you can love uh, someone. Like, if you're married to someone of the opposite sex, and even if you don't really feel like you have those feelings, I, I think you can love them. First of all, you can love them in the sense that, it's a you know, in the sense that love is a verb, right? You can yeah. you can treat them lovingly, and I am a strong believer that if you do that and you commit to it, those feelings will arise. You know, it's kind of like uh, Tim Stratton, I think, says this about, but like if you if if you married someone who has a kid, like you did, yes, all right, you is that okay to say? Okay. But, <laughs> oh, I married a single mom who yeah.
0: totally yeah. Like, you were the knight in shining armor. <laughs> Like I said, I married up. She's the so, nut knight in shining Right, armor. so she got yeah. a second child when yeah. she married me, pretty much. Um, yeah, no. But, but, yeah, but, but, yeah, but, yeah,
1: everyone knows that. So, so you when that yeah. happened, yeah. you didn't necessarily— Im- I chose a, a wife and a son. Right, but yeah. you the first time you saw him, yes. you weren't, like, all of a sudden in love, like all the fatherly feelings right. immediately. I mean, not immediately. Not immediately, and it may happen quick, but it wasn't immediate. But you put yourself in situations in life where you're going to be around him, you're going to have experiences with him, and those feelings arise naturally. Yeah, you know the first thing, that the first instance of, of the fatherly love for this
0: child happened, and, and people will, who know me will totally get this, okay? When you
1: saw Star Wars together.
0: No. Um, actually, no. It was, um, it was my first time where I was just, Misty and I had been dating for a while, and so mm-hmm. it was my first time just the, me and Zach, okay? And Zach was about three Mm-hmm. And we went to McDonald's together and played on the playground. Well, it was time to go, and so I went up to Zach, you know, little three year old Zach, and I said, "Son, we got to go now." He's like, "No, I'm gonna stay." No, you know, three years old, and I was like, "No, son, we got to go." And you know, all these—I don't know what to do. I mean, this is, you know, yeah. What do you do? I'm the am I'm, I'm the dad model right now. Can you and grab that kid th- yet? Yeah, like, and everyone's <laughs> looking at me and they're like, "We got to go," and he says, "No, a hole." And
1: no he didn't.
0: Yeah, he did. And um, What did you do? That that just totally endeared me to that. Look. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, if you know me, you know that, that that's uh, but I I,
1: I, I bribed that is exactly him. That was exactly the kind of fatherhood story I would expect to hear. Right.
0: And so well, <laughs> I said, Well, how about this? We'll go get some ice cream on our way out, and then and that that got him to, yeah. yeah. to leave. You had to bribe it. But I didn't know what to do, yeah. you know. But it was like uh, but yeah, it's like and so for me it was not just choosing to to, you know. Uh, marry his mom, but it was choosing t- to, in a sense, yeah, this marry, a into, factor, ma- marry um, into a family, yeah. and this is going to be my son now. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> I had a good example of this, though, because my uh, mom's stepdad, uh, when he married my mom's mom, uh, my mom had, uh, my mom's mom had kids, you know, my mm-hmm. mom and her brothers or whatever, and Having my grandfather, uh, we called him Gramps, as a role model that treated them all the same, mm-hmm. was a good role model for me when I became uh, the father to Zachary mm-hmm. and. And I think he's 24 now. So, and if you asked him, he would say that he he probably wouldn't tell a difference between how I treat him and how I treat uh, the two that Misty and I had together. And he, he would probably say something snarky like, "Yeah, you treat us all equally like garbage." But you know,
1: that's just because he's my son. <laughs> yeah. But, but I mean, he would say. He, yeah.
0: he would say, you know. And, but the
1: point is, yeah. you can love. You can. You can. You can not only choose to treat lovingly, but you can yeah. have those loving feelings emerge in you. Of course, and so, and, and if you're, and so if you're in a marriage and you don't have those feelings of love right now, you can have them again, unless something horrendous is going on. Yeah, if so, you
0: if you put in the time with that person, if yeah, like with your work. spouse, if you put in the, the time work. with your spouse, yeah.
1: So um, let's see, a new study we read in addition, a woman in a highly religious couple was most likely to report that she and her spouse share responsibility for important household decisions rather than one spouse making all the family's decisions.
0: Now, this is what's curious. that This is what religious people are saying. Mm-hmm. Religious women are saying about their marriages, uh, or religious people in general, are saying, you know, we make decisions together. Now, whether you're complementarian or not, it seems like what they're saying is the satisfaction among religious couples, however it works in their house, however that the you sort out the, the the you know who's you know is it is it equal or is the man the head of the house or in some cases I guess maybe the woman's the head of the I don't know how it works, um, but I'm just saying either the way, way they go, the, the report, way your
1: household works. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, uh, see it, it's interesting in my house. I'm a egalitarian. My wife's a, uh, kind of a soft complementarian. Yes, thing. she's right. And, and, yeah. So what the way it works in my house? Well. You know, I, I have the final say because I have to. Mm-hmm. But my wife also is smarter than me on these kinds of issues mm-hmm. that I delegate just about ninety-five percent of all decisions to her because she she has my support uh, she gets it in one of two ways. If I absolutely agree with what <laughs> she's saying or absolutely don't care what she's saying, I'm behind you hundred percent, you know, yeah. because it turns out that I don't care that much about most major decisions. Uh, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to money, because she's an accountant, so yeah. she obviously knows how to handle that. So, but but the thing is, they say that in religious couples,
1: most decisions are made together. Yeah. So the interesting yeah. thing about that is, I can hear the skeptics out there saying, "Well, of course the women are going to report all those things because their husbands are so, uh, you know, have them under their thumb and they, they've got to say and do everything he wants." And that's why they no no no, this is not about the man's sexual and marriage satisfaction. It's about the woman's marriage and sexual satisfaction. Yeah. Number one, and secondly. Surprisingly, in these relationships, it's actually—we find out that they work together on getting through life and making decisions. So um, yeah, it, another when, plus. Yeah, it, when, when, and
0: when—and and I'm, you know, like, again, I'm an egalitarian, but for, in defense of my complementarian friends, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know this caricature of husbands lording over their wives, their authority mm-hmm. and position. I'm sure they exist somewhere I've yeah. just never met— any of them,
1: yeah. Turn, any you know? any show or movie today that is depicting the 1950s, that's what it will. That's I don't even how think it was will, like that in the it, 50s. No, even. that's how it will present it. Anything today that 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 represents what things were like before feminism, mm-hmm. it will present it like the man has got his thumb down. I, on
0: the I, yeah, I, I, but my dad, it was a boomer, and yeah. that's that wasn't his. You know. Uh, of course, my dad's kind of like me, too. I don't – if I agree with you, we do it your way. If I don't care about it, we do it your way because I don't care. Yeah, you know? that's good. Uh, and so when it comes to, like, big decisions, like I decided that we were going to move to Indiana. Yeah. You know I mean? Big de- – but but the day-to-day stuff, that's – Let her know, do it. Right, because I, I don't care. You delegated.
1: Yeah, if I you delegated. get walked all over, just say no, no, no. I'm not getting walked all over. I delegated that to her.
0: Yeah, but you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but that's not you your don't, marriage. Yeah, but you do But see,
1: you don't care about most things like I, that's right. I don't care. I mean, it's like no. whatever. Okay, so, and it, yeah. now here's the here's the bad news, or the it's not bad news. Well, it is bad news. At the same time, however, religious couples are not any less likely to experience domestic violence than are less religious or secular couples. The study found. So it's not saying they're more. Domestic violence. They're just not less. They're just not... It's just not less, which is bad news because it should be less. Yes. Nevertheless. Yeah. uh, We actually have a worldview that says
0: it should be less and and actually demands that it should be less because
1: it's objectively wrong... Uh, to be abusive right? In, in other words, yeah. you, you don't beat up on each other any more than we do, but at least we have a foundation for it. Like, I know you do say domestic abuse is wrong, and we yes. do too. It's just that we have an ontological grounding for that. Right. All right, in many respects, this report indicates that faith is a force for good in contemporary family life in the Americas, Europe, and Oceania. The authors made up of a mix of sociologists, professors, and researchers wrote many of the religious respondents to the survey cited family prayer as an important factor in a flourishing family. Do you pray as a family, John? Absolutely. We it, do too. Um,
0: well, it's like this okay, church on Sunday. The kids got youth group on, on um, Wednesday. I'm not going to say we have a devotional every single night, but yeah, we, we do we do have family devotionals. Yeah, like and, we probably won't
1: have it tonight because daughter's going to go to youth group. Youth group right. Yeah. Well,
0: both of my kids are in the youth group now. They're at that age. <coughs> but Monday, Tuesday, um, Thursday, and Friday, we we have devotional. Saturday, we don't have devotional. Sunday's church, we don't have devotional. Um, but you know that yeah we we have devotional time we we all pray together of course mm-hmm. we're we're those pray at devotion pray before bed mm-hmm. pray at dinner mm-hmm. you know we actually still we don't eat out much mm-hmm. we eat at home around the table as a family yeah. and so yeah we we do a lot of praying together as a family so it's pretty, uh, pretty yeah and and there. for
1: you know what's interesting is you hear all the time from skeptics like you shouldn't you should teach your kids how to think not what to think right. Um, mm-hmm. that's what they say, but everybody teaches their kids what to think. If you're teaching them this is the way how you think, then you're teaching them in a sense what to think, right? It's self-refuting. But here's the thing: in well, our devotional you can do both. In our in our devotional, when we we go through the Bible, but like when it comes to the slaughter of the Canaanites, it'd be like, What's up with like one of the questions in our devotion that's like set up is like What is up with it? and that, that's messed up, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, what do you all think of that? And it's like the end of the last question of every devotional is uh to the kids. And it's like what are your questions about this? What doesn't seem right about this to you? Yeah. So we want it out there and discussed and open. And we don't always just like, I mean, sometimes you're left with, yeah. I yeah don't
0: well, I teach
1: my kids how to think. I teach them what to
0: think. And I teach them what they think is often wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, mainly if it disagrees with what I think, because right. I'm always right. But I'm right. not just that way with my kids. I'm that way with everyone I know, yeah. especially you, right? It's like, you're wrong because but I But here's the this. thing.
1: Here's the problem. Yeah. You Kids learn by watching your behavior and your actions right. and what you value and what you watch on television and what you drink and what you smoke, and they watch you, and that's where their biggest lesson comes from. So this whole business about I teach my kids what to think and not how to think, you're, or how to think and not what to think, you're teaching them what to think. Well, By the way, you live your life. According to stupid atheism,
0: not normal atheism, but the stupid Richard Dawkins atheism. Yeah, I said it. Uh, you know, you, if you teach your kids about the Bible and God, that's child abuse, right? I it's mean, funny that, because
1: last night I was on Mike Winger's show, right? Yeah. And I said, I, I, and I'm you know, I'm being me. I'm, I'm being nice and charitable, and I know that there's skeptics watching, and it's a big channel and all. And right. I said something like... Uh, uh, he he brought up the question about the cologne. Well, then the who made God thing, right? He brought, brought that yeah. as an objection. And I said, yeah, well, interestingly, you know, Richard Dawkins and Michael Roos said that that made him ashamed to be an atheist, that Richard Dawkins. Right. And then I said, but but fairly, you know, like kids come up with that question. Kids and Richard Dawkins. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and I found myself saying it, but fortunately, Mike didn't yeah. crack a smile. Yeah. Uh, but, but anyway. You're you're like, <clears throat> yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know. Now, you, you might think. If you might just think that, well, you know, if this is religious people, then this is probably including, who knows, all kinds of, you know, developing world countries, and who knows what kind of weird religion. so why would we think that this has any relationship to your Christianity, Braxton and Jonathan, and the Western world? Oh, besides Christianity <clears throat> being a religion. <clears throat> right. But on top of that, uh, the 11 countries studied were Argentina, Australia, Chile, Canada, Colombia, France, Ireland... Mexico, Peru, the United Kingdom, and the United States. And the study drew on data from the World Values Survey and the Global Family and Gender Survey, authors included those affiliated with Brigham Young University and Pew Research Center. So this is not only a highly credible thing, but it, it, it covers a bunch of Western countries. Mm-hmm. So there's no there's no concern about that. And uh, men and women who share an active religious faith, this is from the study, for instance, enjoy higher levels of relationship quality and sexual satisfaction compared to their peers in secular or less mixed religious, less or mixed religious relationships. So if they have the different religions in the it's same couple, not as good. Not as good. They also have more children and are more likely to marry. At the same time, we do not find that faith protects women from domestic violence in married and cohabitating relationships, right? So, but what it does, so that's a little bit of bad news, but but what this does tell us, now this is interesting because we talked about this before, if we're, if highly religious couples are outpacing secular or mixed marriages, again, not racially mixed, but religiously mixed, if we're outpacing that... Then, then we're producing more kids, and worldview tends to be a heritable trait. Yes. Not, not, not genetically, but it, it seems to pass on more easily right. what the worldview of your parents. So uh, that's bad news for secularism. Right. Well, I mean, people
0: <clears throat> are typically having, uh, they're getting married later and later, which I don't recommend. Um, and, th- and of course, people are having less kids in general, probably including religious people. Having mm-hmm. fewer kids in general, but if religious people are still having more kids, you know, I mean, what what is it? Jesus said, the meek are going to inherit the earth, and uh, your worldview can be, you know, not just self defeating, but um, self annihilating. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, it, it, it just if you're not repopulating, because you know you're trying. That's why, I think that's why atheists are looking for what we would call spiritual children in the in the in the. Uh, Christian world about disciples mm-hmm. because they don't have their own uh, offspring to uh, pass their worldview on, so they want to try to uh, influence as many others as they can. So, that, in that sense, it's pretty, uh, that could be an explanation for why, you know, people always ask, why are atheists and secularists and everybody else so evangelical almost about their non faith? Right. right. Well, well, who else do they have to talk to about it except for people of faith? Yeah. But n- now that the word is out that, hey, guess what? You can, you can actually have a better sex life being in a faithful, traditional, monogamous marriage than whatever it is you're doing. And the more religious you are, the better sex you're, you know, uh, you're going to have and that your wife's going to be pleased with it. Uh, once that news, that, that's evangelism right there. You know, yeah. Jesus died for your sins and have better sex. <coughs> um, there you go. I, well, now, in I case mean, if it's true, why why would why we, wouldn't we talk? About why that? would we not talk about that? No. in terms uh, William, Lake Craig, actually does talk about, he it. Does he's talk say, about he's, it. He says, "Yeah, there, but he cites more than this is a recent study. He cites right. study after study about how, yeah, Christian marriages they have more fulfilled lives and they have a better, healthier sex life and more frequent sex." Yeah. Now, you might think uh,
1: you might be sitting out there thinking, "Okay, well, but maybe the domestic abuse side of this is worse, even though this and the, the people writing this article just cleverly worded it." N- that it's not—it's
0: worse because less. there's a
1: bigger population to pull from. Well, but hold yeah. on—the the, the, it actually says the study found that women in highly religious couples are neither more nor less likely to become victims of intimate partner violence, and men in highly religious couples are neither more nor less likely to be perpetrators of right. intimate partner violence. Domestic violence, including his uh, um, physical abuse. Icicle abuse? I don't know. Sexual abuse, emotional abuse, and controlling behaviors is neither more nor less prevalent among religious couples than among non-religious ones, they conclude. Yeah,
0: but I think that people like to pick on sex abuse and domestic violence and whatever because of populations and sizes. Nevertheless. Or, yeah, but nevertheless, the fact is, is that... We're not more or less likely.
1: It's just sin is sin wherever it, gets, mm-hmm. wherever it happens. And, yeah. ladies, would you like a man who stays with you? Infidelity was highest among men in mixed or less religious couples than any other, however. By the way, since we're talking about studies, we could pour a little gravy on this and say, if you're a dog person, did you know that there's an actual study that you can go look at? It's recent that says that the greater the church attendance, the less likelihood of cat ownership. You'll, you're will you more likely to have yeah, a dog. Yeah, I saw you picking
0: go on Mike Linger when he brought his cat up, and then you kept trying to shut of indian there
1: yeah uh although women in less or mixed religious couples have a 26 percent probability of uh, of ever having been the victim of violence in their relationship compared to a 21 percent probability for women in highly religious couples and a 23 percent probability for women in shared secular couples none of these differences are statistically significant the author notes yeah. What about fertility? In terms of fertility, the study found that people aged 18 to 49 who attend religious services regularly have 0.27 more children than those who never or practically never attend, and thus, those with egalitarian gender role attitudes are less likely to be married and have slightly fewer children. Hmm. The authors also examine a theory which they say is common among academics in their field that a shift in many societies toward greater gender they're equality. They're not talking
0: about egalitarian ideological, no, no, no. position. they're, no, they're no, talking right. about. No, in general. Right.
1: Yeah, you know, like a greater yeah. gender equality. Okay, the, the authors examine a theory which this is common among academics in the field that a shift in many societies toward greater gender equality, which often takes the form of married women continuing to seek work outside of the home, which I think is a separate issue from equality perhaps, right, um, may actually help to raise the fertility rate back to replacement levels in countries where it is especially low. Hmm. Okay, who knows? So
0: women who go to work are more likely to want Might to... Might
1: be more fertile? Uh, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. In modern societies where women typically have high demands in the public, paid work... Sphere of their lives, support from partners is necessary to make bearing two children commonplace. The author explains today this support often seems comes like in the form of a father involved at home with his family. If if women commonly carry a second shift of work after they get home from paid work, they are more likely to retreat from childbearing than if they have supportive partner on the home front. It is men's sharing for the second shift, their involvement at home that is expected to support replacement fertility. So the thing that's that's making that's helping the fertility problem. Yeah. Is that the man is more involved, man? Right, and and that that kind of flourish or comes out more when there's a woman working outside of the home. But don't be deceived. If that's true, this problem could be resolved even if a woman chooses not to work outside of the home. Yeah, simply because the man gets more involved voluntarily at
0: home. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's kind of interesting when when okay. So just to make it personal, like my wife and I both worked for the majority of our marriage until what the last two years. And I, I would say that except for the that um, I guess it was it took until 2017 before I started actually ever making more money than my wife. I mm-hmm. mean, believe it or not, he paid her more than he pays me when she first got here, because um, she has a real degree, is what some people would say. <laughs> but but no, but I mean, she worked. At, but it, now that she's at home, mm-hmm. right, homeschooling her kids, and she has her little side businesses and stuff, but. Uh, Now that she's at home, if she's at home with the kids and I come home and I check out, then she has that second shift with the kids because I'm not involved, you know, it would be no wonder if I wasn't involved if she was so tired that she had no time for me. Yeah. Right? Right. But when you, like, when you get home, like, when guys, like, when good husbands, and I'm going to, you know, say that you're a good husband, and Thank I'm a good husband, we get home, we get involved, so we can hurry the night along and get the kids to bed so that we can <laughs> right. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. Well, uh, But I'm saying, fellas, don't go home and plop on the couch if you're, whether your wife works or not, what they're saying is, yeah. whether she works or not, when you get home from work, if you work. Be cool, man. Be cool. Be involved. Help. Be
1: supportive. Right. Because... Your work day may have officially ended eight o'clock. Are you saying hers just keeps going forever? Right. She she need now she's off work too, and y'all are helping each other. But here's another thing that, that needs to, to, to be mentioned here, though. That, that was a theory, right, about the workplace and more fertility. But here it says, quote, individuals who support workplace equality, that is those who embrace a progressive gender role ideology, actually had significantly fewer children than those who supported favoring men when jobs were scarce. Um, even in areas such as Europe where fertility rates are low across the board, people of faith have more children than their secular counterparts they found. And across low-fertility countries in the Americas, Europe, East Asia, and Oceania, highly religious people are not decreasing in number, and neither are their more traditional gender role attitudes impeding their fertility. Now, if you're the kind of person that hears that and you're like, wait a minute, Christianity or religion is decreasing, we're talking about among the highly religious Right, you know that, that you have people who are nominally religious; and they're nuns now. But but what about yeah. the highly religious, right? And lastly, we have shown that people of faith contribute towards sustainable fertility in modern low fertility societies.
0: Well, you have some people cheering low fertility, and some people cheering. You know, you have antinatalists out there. You have you have the pro-choice Oof. movement. That that Oof. yeah, I mean, so. For for some people reading this though, given their
1: worldview, they're gonna be like, yeah, I don't want kids anyway. Gross. Kids are awesome. And right. and listen, um are there like we said a minute ago, there are percentages of the time that it's not pleasant. Yeah. But overwhelmingly, yeah. look, if you're a naturalist evolutionist, you ought to understand, like you you, you should recognize there is a propensity, a drive in us to have kids and there's a great satisfaction that comes from having kids right. and propagating your DNA and or even if you adopt and and my brother's adopted and I've never thought of him as anything but part of the family but the, but it brings out a, a part of you that you didn't know about that now you get to be the mentor the sage the, the you know the, the, this is valuable stuff that's a part of life experience now if you if, if for whatever reason that's not what god has for you or you, you can't have children and you can't adopt or whatever then understandable yeah and that that's fine and we're happy to loan you ours yeah any you can in the world. you can babysit my kids if you want <laughs> but the thing about it is uh, and not everybody uh, there are people I believe that are meant to be single and not have kids yeah or be married or be married and, be married and yeah. not have kids but it's all totally that said clear. in in general having kids is a wonderful wonderful thing and it's yeah. good to see that the fertility um, that that hey Christians are fertile man yeah and Christians are satisfied well I mean we have a Genesis Mandate from the first page of the Bible to be fruitful and,
0: and multiply.
1: The only one they had was <laughs> be fruitful. That's the only command. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we hear in the culture all the time: oh, all these Christians are sexually suppressed or repressed. Says who? Not so. Not not our women. Our and, women. And i Don't that. say our women. That sounds <laughs> archaic. You got to be careful. These secularists oh, can't yeah. handle it. It's,
0: yeah. Well, let me, Well, okay. the women
1: that are, that are Christians as well. Yes, are satisfied. Our women don't worry about it; they're happy. Yeah, and guess what? Uh, it doesn't talk about it, but at least this
0: Christian man's pretty happy too. Yeah, so I'd yeah, say you know, the men yeah, are happy. Yeah. Uh, here's the thing: and if you're not happy, then do better. It's Valentine's Day coming up, so do yeah. better. Hey, this is our Valentine's yeah, Day. That's episode. right. That's it I'm worked saying. out.
1: We didn't even plan that, man. Yeah, I
0: mentioned that at the beginning of the you episode. You did mention you it, but we didn't right plan it. Yet. No, I heard it. I okay. talked about the Chronicles oh, of the yeah, Adonai episode three. Yeah, but I'm saying so. Your women.
1: Your women, the our women. women,
0: the women. No, our women, Dad. We Christians, we have women. We have the best women.
1: <laughs> we're their men. That's
0: right. And we're <laughs> their men. That's right. Yeah. And their men, us, typically good husbands. But but uh, if you're not sexually satisfied in your marriage, and your marriage, fellas, um, step it, up the game, man. Step up the game. Maybe, Maybe watch those kids yeah. after work. That's
1: Quit right. living for yourself on the Xbox. That's right. Now here's here's the thing. Um, all that said. That is a general statement, and th- we need to recognize that there are, um, in quote-unquote Christian households um, and outside, at no differing rate, apparently, there are instances of domestic abuse and things like that, and we need right. to be aware of that and, and pray that that ends and work toward that ending. Right. But then on top of that, um, um, there, there are marriages where... The men are being jerks and the women are not satisfied.
0: Yeah, and there's and marriages where women are being jerks and the men
1: absolutely. Are. When we talk about true. abuse,
0: it's not necessarily just men abusing women. I mean, some, trust me, I've known. I'm from Arkansas and the northwest Arkansas girls are are great, but the central Arkansas women can be a little bit rough on their men. Just telling you.
1: Well, they're all they're 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 all opinionated. Well, yeah, but I'm talking <laughs> about some of them downright abusive. Well, uh, this has been marriage advice from Braxton and Jonathan. Yeah,
0: probably most of it bad. Just listen to what we read from that. Don't worry about the study.
1: Right. We'll link it in the show notes. Yep. Anyway, uh, I've enjoyed this.
0: Um, I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, I hope you have a wonderful Valentine's Day. Um, I'm sure somebody's going to send up this week on social media about how it's pagan or whatever. Who cares?
1: Um Valentine's Day is pagan. Yeah, is Hallmark pagan? I think it's Hallmarkian. There, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but look, uh, wh- you know what you can do if you haven't planned Valentine's Day. I'm, I'm going to tell you how to hit a home run. Um, plan to go out to eat, uh, maybe gifts or something like that. Be sweet, be nice, look presentable, male or female, and then when you get home, get the candles going. Turn on the, the thing that you bought from Yankee Candle that you never used that makes it smell good in the house. And put on an episode of Trinity Radio. Because nothing is more romantic than Braxton Hunter and Jonathan Pritchett. And we'll see you next time on Trinity Radio. This is the last one. Love and Rubik's Cubes. Gifts for Valentine's Day come in all shapes and sizes just like people do. And you might think, I got to get chocolates or something for my wife, but that's, that's, that's passe. That's what everybody does. You don't want to be static and unchanging that way. No, be dynamic in your relationship. This year, I noticed that my wife got a hold of a Rubik's cube, um, around Christmas time and, and she went crazy with it. She worked on that thing for hours and now she can at the drop of a dime, do the Rubik's cube really fast and perfectly. And so I found out that there is a special Rubik's Cube that has more squares. It's bigger, it's more difficult, called the Professor. And so for Valentine's Day, I spent a ridiculous $29 to get my daughter, uh, to get my wife, the Professor for Valentine's Day. In addition to that, because the Rubik's Cube had been so meaningful to her and such an enjoyable way to pass the time while we watch movies that she doesn't care about. I also bought her the original patent for the Rubik's Cube on architect paper and framed so we can remember this Valentine's Day. So you can get chocolates, you can get flowers, or you can spend 10 minutes thinking about what is your wife into right now, and then buy her something related to that. Do not make her something, we've got, let's be sensible, buy her something related to that.